you guys hear me? Uh, it's good to be here this morning with you guys. Uh, we're blessed to have uh, a guest with us uh, from Fox Valley Church in Chicago, Illinois. Is that right? Did I get that right? Uh, Brad Lawson, so uh, son of Chris and Lisa. Usually sit right here, but they're right there today. But uh, guys, let's stand up and let's just worship God in this place. Let's praise him and give him all the glory. Amen.
Yeah. 
to have you here with us worshiping in-house and online. My name is Rachel Smith and I'm the Discipleship and Social Media Ministry Coordinator here at Anastasia. And like I said, we're so excited to have you here with us this morning. If it is your first time, I encourage you to go visit the Welcome Desk out in the atrium. We have a special gift for you. Um, also, the Welcome Desk is just a great place to find out what's going on in the life of our church. But in addition to that, we also have a text-based platform that you can use. Just text the word NEWS to 904-441-6900 to find out what's going on during the week here at Anastasia Church, both on and off campus. You can also text the word CONNECT to that same number, 904-441-6900 to submit prayer requests or just ways to find out how to get involved here at Anastasia. Just a few announcements before we continue in our time of worship this morning. Um, we have child dedications happening here October 23rd. So if you have a child from the age of six months to five years old that you would like to have dedicated, please email Becky Yeoman at becky.y at anastasiachurch.org. Um, we also have an open house for our quilting ministry happening today after the 1030 service. It's starting at 1140 and it will be in rooms 200 and 201. So if you're curious as to what the changes are that have happened in those rooms over the past few months or just finding out more about the ministry itself, it's a great time to go check it out, ask a few questions and just learn more about something going on here at church. Um, my last announcement for today is Operation Christmas Child is back. This is a great way to spread God's love across the world. And it's also a really fun missions opportunity to grab a box, stuff it with your friends and family or your life group, and just bring it back here for us to send out all over the globe. And without further ado, I'm going to hand it over to my friend, Julia Murray. Thank you, Rachel. My name is Julia Murray. I'm the Young Adult Minister here. And I just wanna say on behalf of the pastors and our staff here, thank you all so much for your generosity in giving to Anastasia Church. Because of y'all, we have been able to go out into our community and those that have been hit so hard by the hurricane, um, we've been able to offer them supplies that were destroyed during Ian. And we are also sending a team down to South Florida and we could not do that without your generous giving. When you give to the Anastasia um, general budget, you are helping people around our city and around our state, not only um, get their physical needs met, but also to hear the gospel of Jesus. And we are just so grateful for such a giving um, church and a body that really is the hands and feet of Jesus. And we cannot say thank you enough for being um, so giving and just, rising above and beyond every single week. 
with that, let's bow our heads and pray for our offerings this week. Dear Lord, um, we just give you praise and glory and honor, Lord. Even in the times of tragedy where it seems like there is no hope, we see that you give hope to the hopeless, Lord. And as many in our community are dealing with the aftermath of Hurricane Ian and those around the state are um, trying to rebuild from having everything taken away from them, we know that we trust in the one who gives eternity and salvation forever and that you are the rock that we can stand on, Lord. And so I just pray as we give today that we would give cheerfully, that we would give in a way that honors you, Lord, and that these gifts would be multiplied so that we can tell more people about the good news of who you are. We thank you, we love you, amen. give Corey a round of applause. What a great helper he's been. I can't see you guys over there. How y'all doing? You doing all right over there? Good to see you. <laughs> Excuse me for being a little bit slow today. Um, I had knee surgery a couple of weeks ago, <clears throat> and um, Dr. Grimes, I'm wearing my brace, so um, I'm uh, just a little bit slow. I might need to sit down a little bit, but I'm excited to bring the message this morning. I want to encourage you to get out your Bibles and turn to the book of Ezra, Ezra chapter 1. This morning, this message is for those who are broken. This message is for those who are hurting. This message is for those who are going through something. And uh, if you're not going through something right now, you very may well soon because we live in a fallen world and and stuff happens to everybody and if you stop and talk to people a little bit you will probably quickly discover that more people are going through something than you think when you're going through something a lot of times you can look around and know and discover that there's a lot of other hurting people around as well and so this message is for you. And if that's not you today, I pray that you'll share this message with somebody. Share this message with somebody that you know that's going through something, that's hurting, that's broken, that's in pain, or that's going through the storm. With that, let me open this up in a word of prayer. God, I pray that you will speak through me this morning, that you will reveal yourself to us all in this room as we look at your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Don't you love to see that something is restored? Don't you love to see when something kind of comes back to life when it's like, wow, look at that. That's so awesome. Maybe it's a, uh, maybe it's a car show. You go and you look at all these old cars and you, you see these cars returned to their previous glory. Maybe it's an old gun. I like to look at sometimes old, old gun videos and they take all the little screws out of that old wood and they, they polish up that wood and, and bring the oil back to it and, they, and they, uh, they rework all of the metal to it. And, and then there's that moment where they say, in order to have it truly restored, you gotta fire it once and there's all that tension. Is it gonna blow up or is it gonna work like it used to? 
You know, or even um, I love old surfboards. You see, it's like you got a little piece of history, a little piece of, of this, this shaper that shaped an old board. And when it's all kind of delaminated and dinged up and yellow and everything, and, and you get somebody really how to work it and they, um, they bring it back to life. I love a restoration project. And you know what else I don't like? Don't like to see when things are ruined. I don't like when things are destroyed. And think about all of the destruction that we've seen recently from this hurricane. Didn't it break your heart? When you look and you see the Flagler Pier gone, um, the Sunglow Pier in, um, in Port Orange, half of it's gone. When you see the sea walls that are just destroyed and then, then dare you look at the, the, the neighborhoods and the houses in, uh, in, uh, on the west coast of Florida and you see the flooding damage and the, um, you know what, I, I really hate to see a 100-year-old oak tree down. Don't you hate that? And uh, there's something about a restoration project that inspires us, but there's something about ruin that breaks our hearts. And we're in a series that pastor and all the other pastors here have, have, have uh, prayed about, and we're in a series from John chapter, one, John chapter five, verse 17. This is like going out a lot. Is that me or is that something else? Um, maybe we'll get there in a minute. Bear with me. Um, <clears throat> we're in a series called, John, uh, called 517. And this is where Jesus is quoted as saying, the father is still working. He is at work. And then he says, and the son is also at work. So we're looking at story through the Bible where we see what God has done in the past and we believe that God will do it again. And today we're looking at the return of the Israelites from exile. This is a weird part of history that is, that is maybe not um, super clear in your minds. It's not always been super clear in my mind. We talk about the, uh, the, the Israelite exile, or the Jewish exile. And where, when was, there was a lot of things going on, all sorts of different kings and Babylon and, and the Medes and the Persians and stuff like that. And so we're going to look at that. We're, hopefully I'll be able to give you a, a better understanding of that, of that time period. And we're going to learn today that God restores and that's what he does and that's who he is and if we've seen that he's done it in the past we can believe that he will do it again in the future we're looking at Ezra chapter one we're still not there so if you got your bible the words will not be on the screen so go ahead and get that bible out open it up to Ezra get out your uh, your 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 tablet your device or something get the bible in front of you I'm going to be reading from the CSB version if you want to if you want to follow along when I, when I read these scriptures and stuff. So get to Ezra. We're, I'm going to give you a little context while you're, while you're turning there still. So there's a little bit of context. You had, you had Israel, right? And their first king was King Saul, chosen by the people, stood a, a head taller than everybody else, King Saul. And then he didn't follow God wholly and completely. And so when he was killed in battle, then along comes King David. And King David comes along, and we're all very familiar with King David, and, and when he lived his life, he was a great king, and he had a son, Solomon. And Solomon was the king of Israel after David. And then after Solomon, Solomon built the temple, and then there were some other kings, and uh, after, after Solomon, they came, in, they came and went, and then there was this remnant, or then, and then uh, the, the, the nation of Israel was split in two. 
After Solomon, the nation... We're, we're coming. Everybody give Chuck a round of applause. He's coming with the, with the, with the salvation mic, I think. <laughs> there, were, uh, there, were, there, were ten, there were 12 tribes of Israel, and 10 of them went to the north, and they became later became oppressed by Assyria. Here we go. I'm on. Oops, not on. Turn that one on there. Hello. Bada bing. Hello, hello. All right. Turn this one off. became oppressed by the Babylonians, okay? And so, so later after all of this happens, you have the, the tribe of Judah was the, was the one, and that's why they are now no longer called, like, we don't call them the Israelites, really, we call them Jews, because that tribe of Judah was the one where they all kind of came back and they joined, and then they went, they went on after that um, under the Romans, and that's where they became known as the Jews, so God told his people in the beginning of Jeremiah to repent. If you want to feel really bad about all of the things that you've done wrong, read the beginning of Jeremiah. And he tells you all the things that they did wrong and, and they were living pretty bad and, and God told them all to repent. And you know what? They didn't. They didn't repent. And then we have this famous passage in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 10 and 11. You ever read that one? You ever, um, you ever quoted that one? Jeremiah chapter 29, 11, okay? It says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and plans to give you a future. And doesn't that make us feel so good? It does. It makes us feel really good. But um, <clears throat> this, was, this was actually, Jeremiah comes after Ezra but, um, in the Bible, but it was actually, he was doing a lot of stuff before Ezra comes along chronologically. Read verse 10 of Jeremiah chapter 29. I'm going to read it here. It says this. For this is what the Lord says. When 70 years for Babylon are complete, I will attend to you and will confirm my promise concerning you to restore you to this place. 70 years of Babylon, 70 years of oppression, 70 years of destruction, 70 years of pain, and then I will restore you. After 70 years, then I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. But 70 years, you guys are going to go through it. Well, I don't like to read verse 10. Because they didn't repent. They didn't, they didn't come back to, to God for 70 years. Then under King Nebuchadnezzar, he brought the Babylon, he brought Babylon, the Babylonians came in and they destroyed Jerusalem. They sacked Jerusalem. And for 70 years they were under their oppression. And this is where we find our story of Ezra. Ezra comes along, Nebuchadnezzar had come along for 70 years, and then King Nebuchadnezzar's done, and come, along comes King Cyrus. Okay, so we're at Ezra chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. And it says this, in the first year of King Cyrus of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken through Jeremiah, the Lord roused the spirit of King Cyrus to issue a proclamation throughout his entire kingdom to put it in writing. This is what King Cyrus of Persia says. 
The Lord, the God of the heavens, has given me all of the kingdoms of all of the earth and has appointed to me to build him a house at Jerusalem in Judah. Any of his people among you, may his God be with him, and may he go to Jerusalem in Judah and build the house of the Lord, the God of Israel, the God who is in Jerusalem. Let every survivor, wherever he resides, be assisted by the men of that region with silver and gold and goods and livestock, along with a free will offering for the house of God in Jerusalem." And so, King Cyrus, kind of an interesting little thing. The key verse here is that the Lord roused this idea in the spirit of King Cyrus. God chose to restore his people. God did that. In verse 1, we see that God used King Cyrus and said, I want you to allow them to be restored. God did that. See, Nebuchadnezzar wanted to oppress the people and destroy them, but King Cyrus wanted the people to love him. And he thought, a happy people will be a good people under my kingdom, and he let them build their their temple again in Jerusalem. In Isaiah, like 700, in 700 BC, Isaiah prophesied about King Cyrus and that God would use King Cyrus And then in 560 BC is when Cyrus reigned. And he told them, go and build your your temple again. And as Ezra started to gather the people, there were 50,000 people that came back to be a part of this. 50,000 was a very small amount. They estimate that there may have been about a million people in, in, in Judah at that time. And 50,000 of them came back to be involved with what God was doing. And as they came back, they started work, and there was opposition. Kind of fast-forwarding through this story in Ezra, there was opposition to building of the temple. And then, as it kind of stopped, it kind of stalled, because whenever God is working, the devil is working as well. You know what I tell the youth group? The devil often works in in weird ways, a lot of times through technical difficulties. And God bless the guys up there. It's not them because they're under attack all the time. This mic is working just fine. I tell you, God wants to do something in here. And when God is working, the devil wants to try and stop it. And there was opposition to them building the temple. And in Ezra chapter 7, flip over to Ezra chapter 7. We're going to look at verses 27 and 28. And it says this, Blessed be the Lord, the God of our fathers, who has put it into the mind of the king, into the king's mind, to glorify the house of the Lord in Jerusalem, and who has shown favor to me before the king and his counselors and all of his powerful officers. So I took courage because I was strengthened by the hand of the Lord my God, and I gathered the Israelite leaders to return with me. There was opposition. The temple, uh, the temple construction stopped because the devil wanted to stop it, but God was moving. And God used a different king at this time. And it says that God, uh, it, that the hand of the Lord was on the king again to bring his people back to him. And the message that I want us to learn from this is that God doesn't give up on us. God won't give up on you. He 
continues on, and God is not easily frustrated. Flip back here to, um, to chapter 6 of Ezra in verse, uh, in verse 14. It says, so the Jewish elders, they continued and successfully with the building um, under the prophesying of Haggai and Zechariah, the son of Edo, they finished the building according to the command of God of Israel and the decree of Cyrus. They finished the building and then later on they had more opposition and God put it into the, king, into the king's heart. They, they worked and they worked against opposition and God used the kings to bring it about. But there was a problem Flip to Ezra chapter 10. All of these people that came back several times over lots and lots of years as God is working. Chapter 10, verse 2. It says, Then Shechaniah, son of Jehaliel the Elamite, responded to Ezra, We have been unfaithful to our God by marrying foreign women from the surrounding peoples. God called his people to be set apart. If you've ever looked at the book of Leviticus, you can see that everything of the Israelites was set apart to be holy for the purpose of God. It was all set apart for God's purpose. And, um, and, and the Israelites allowed foreigners into this, uh, to, their, to their nation. And <clears throat> at this point is where I want to uh, introduce the flowers. See, God creates us something beautiful. He creates us for goodness. But along the way, we destroy things. We mess things up. And we allow the devil to work in our lives. And we allow um, sin to get into our lives. And, and things get broken. And things get um, a lot easier to do when I have two hands. These beautiful flowers that are our life get messed up. Little by little, a lot of times it doesn't happen all at once. But we think that things are still kind of okay and we, we continue on. And the devil works in our lives and that's what he did um, to the Israelites here. And he told them first to, to settle, to build houses in your, in your, in your uh, oppression by the Babylonians. Build houses, get jobs. And... Um, and they did, but they allowed sinfulness into their lives. And as they did, it says they got all of these foreigners into the nation of Israel. And this is how, doesn't it seem like when we're part of a broken world, sometimes things come up and they creep their way in. And over and over and over again, it looks like. God's not working maybe, and then there's a little bit of moment where things are all right, and then we just feel like there's more destruction in our life, and we couldn't quite get the job, and sometimes we feel like, like pretty awful. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and sometimes he works in our life like that. And there's a really cool part of this passage that, you know, doesn't always happen at once. Sometimes it happens over a long period of time. And then sometimes we feel like these flowers, kind of beat up, kind of hurting. There's a good news here. If you look through the Bible, you'll see a lot of um, three-letter words that are beautiful, the word but. Look at verse 2. But 
there is still hope for Israel in spite of that. The Israelites have been, for years and years and years, they've been worn out. Sometimes it even goes a lot worse than you thought. You can leave it there. You can leave it there. Leave it there, because that's how it is. That's how it is. Sometimes things are unexpected, and they get us even worse than we ever could have imagined. There's a friend of mine that I went to elementary school. His name was Josh. And he got caught up real, real bad into drugs. Real, real bad. One year for Christmas, his mom said, what do you want for Christmas? And he said, I want rehab. And he went to this rehab place, and, and, and he's one of the 3% that made it out. And he posts all the time the beauty of his life and how thankful he is. And I remember he posted this one time. He said, as long as there is breath, there is hope. As long as there's breath, there's hope. And in chapter 10, verse 2, he said, there's a problem. We married all these foreign women. There's a problem. Everything's bad. And he says, but there is still hope. And it may seem kind of harsh for us to understand, but they went through this process where they got rid of all of the foreign wives and children. It may seem hard for us to think, like, how did they put those people out? But there was this very difficult process that was hard for them to do where they got their lives clean before the Lord. And they set themselves apart and they repented and they, they came back. They returned to the Lord. And in order to get back, they confessed their sins and they went through the difficulty in order to get back to where God wanted them to. Wanted them to. The book of Ezra and Nehemiah used to, long, long ago, used to be known as one book. Then we split it into two books. So it was really one. I want you to just at least mark Ezra or Nehemiah chapter 8 and 9. Flip over to chapter 8 and chapter 9. Ezra had the temple rebuilt, rebuilt, but the city walls, which would bring in the city, that was not rebuilt. And that's when Nehemiah came in and he gathered the people to rebuild the walls. And in Nehemiah chapter 8 and 9 is where after it had all been rebuilt, you just, just mark that one in your Bible and look at it. And you can look at the, you can, you can just kind of skim through it and you can see that what happened is they confessed their sins, they had the wall rebuilt, and they, they came back to the Lord and they were able to practice their, their festivals and their feasts and their laws like God wanted them to. And they had this incredible revival. In Nehemiah chapter 8 and 9, Tens of years, maybe hundreds of years afterwards, they had came, uh, not hundreds, because it was still in the life of, 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 of Ezra, but it was tens of years after, lots and lots of work, they finally came back and they confessed their sinfulness and they came before the Lord and they rejoiced like they had never rejoiced before. Their people repented and God gave them a revival. As I've been thinking about this message, um, I think about the hurt and the pain in our lives. And I thought, this is a, a message of restoration. But you know what? Once I've peeled these flowers off, I can't put it back. I can't restore that. I'm gonna need more flowers up here, right? Okay? Um, I can't restore this flower. I can't restore this life. 
God has been in the business of doing this for a long, long time. Adam and Eve, they sinned. And God sent Cain and Abel and told them about, um, told them about sacrifice and gave, started giving them the offerings. And then God sent Noah to deliver all of humanity. And then God sent Jonah to deliver the Ninevites. And God has been bringing his people back. And it's not restoration, it's recreation. We're doing a series in the youth group all about how God creates and evolution is bunk, you know, and, and, um, and God creates and he's the only one that can bring something back that wasn't there before and he can recreate something in your hurting and broken life. He can bring something back that wasn't there before and he can give life, give God the praise. And then he did that all over history in the Old Testament and then Jesus came along and he came down. In matters of love, Jesus came himself. You don't send somebody else to do your work when you love them. You go yourself. And when Jesus came himself to live among us, he healed people and he worked and he restored the woman who had an issue of blood. So God can restore and bring recreation to your sickness. He restored the skin of the leper. He healed him and his skin was brand new. He can restore and heal the broken relationships in your life. Jesus put mud on the ground and he put it on the eyes of the blind man and it, and it brought his eyes back. He reattached the retinas in his eye. He took a away the cataracts in his eye and he brought that back and that man had new sight that maybe he had never had before so God can restore and recreate your family he took the he put his hands on the legs of the lame man and that guy in a moment his leg was healed and he stood up and he walked and his muscles were atrophied and his legs were skinny and all of a sudden he had muscles that weren't there before and God created it in that moment and Jesus did all of these things. He's been doing it since the beginning of time. He can restore. He gave the, the, the demon-possessed man. He put his hand on him. He told him, he said, demons go out. And the man had a life again. And he had energy again. And he could speak words again. And he can do that for you and your family. He can restore you from the demons that are in your life. He can restore you and recreate life and eliminate the addiction of drugs and alcohol and substances and all of those things that are in your life. He can restore your life from the pain of past uh, decisions and past addictions and, and all of the things that have built up and all of the baggage. He can restore that. And not only can he re restore your life, but he can use you again. He can use you, not just to be walking around and be okay for you, but he can be okay for him. He can make you okay and, and use you for his glory. What God has done in the past, he will do again. So I wanna challenge you today, if you're going through something, I wanna invite you to come and give it to the Lord. And you can't put these pieces back together again. But he can bring you something new. And it's worth it. And one step further, 
that's not you, you're thinking like, I'm kind of okay right now, Jeremy. I want to challenge you to treat other people with that same kind of restoration love that God treats us. Show that love to somebody in your life. We are the church and we are the light of the world to reflect his light. I pray that you will go out and be that love and be that grace and be that mercy and be that forgiveness to a world that is hurt and that is broken in need of recreation. What God has done in the past, he will do again. What he has been an example to us, let us live it out to the world. Will you pray with me? Oh God, we praise you. There is no other God like you. You restore, you recreate, you give mercy and grace and love and forgiveness. And you use us, you, 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 you have a relationship with us, you come and you're involved with us and you care about us. There is no other God like you. So Lord, I pray that people will experience your restoration. They may have to go through the hard, the hard decisions, the hard commitments of repentance and confession and humility and submission to your will, but you will bring about something that is more beautiful than ever. So Lord, I pray that that will come to people this morning. And may we live out your light to bring you more glory. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, while we sing this song, I wanna challenge you. We have some people who are gonna be up here that would love to talk with you, that would love to maybe counsel with you a little bit, at least that will just receive you. This is what we call an altar. An altar is where people do, did business with God. And so it's just steps but let maybe somewhere in this room be an altar where you can come and talk to the Lord. Repent, confess, submit, so that God may create something new or pray for somebody that's going through something. I like to get things set up and then have it kind of go. I like to get something like right and then leave it, right? But you know what? It doesn't work like that. Things happen over and over and over again. So God will continue. Maybe you've done this before. God, God's there with open arms again. He doesn't reject us. So as the band sings this song, if you wanna come and pray, come and talk, make a decision, let this be your time. Let's stand, church. is calling 
Jesus is calling Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy From the ashes a new life is born Jesus is calling Oh, come to the altar The Father's arms are open wide Forgiveness is born with The precious blood of Jesus Christ Because God is worth it. Amen? Amen. You guys are dismissed. Have an awesome Sunday.